Well, we are still in the David series. However, right now I have planned that next Sunday is our last uh, uh, part teaching in the David series. And, um, and I, you know, hey, you know, ooh, you know, it's, it's been good. It's been good, hasn't it? And um, what I, you know, plan to do as of right now is um, really let us see the covenant God made with David, that it was a covenant for the Messiah uh, to come, and so that God could finish his work on the earth. And he has, uh, David has a couple of Psalms where he prophetically speaks of the Messiah coming, and we're going to look at those Psalms. And uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, today, uh, we are... Uh, really looking at the Psalms and corporate worship. And when I started reading uh, and looking for different Psalms to focus on, uh, one of my favorites, and I, you know, I just didn't want to just do one of my favorites, but I kept you know, looking around. Psalm 103 is just one of my favorites. <laughs> and this Psalm gives us reason after reason of why to worship God. It's just there's motivation after motivation why to worship God. And, and so I, I want to say that all the Psalms were available and used uh, for corporate worship, for gatherings like this, for, uh, and, and have continued to be used in synagogues for the last 2,000 years, even after Christ. Uh, as the the content of worship, the prayers of worship, the lyrics for songs, and uh, and so this concept of a call to worship uh, is a real biblical thing. Now, I grew up in the Presbyterian Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. It was one of those you know very formal traditional churches, and I remember reading the bulletin. Everybody get a bulletin, and you could follow along kind of where we're at, which hymn, and so forth. And then, and we would be done right on the knot and dot at 60 minutes every time. It was amazing, you know. And as a kid that got really bored during those 60 minutes, I was glad, you know, that they didn't go over. But, um, uh, and there was this thing called call to worship, and, and on the front page at the top, it was, and it's just typed out. I had no idea what it is, but I can tell you what it is because the book of Psalms has it over and over again. In the beginning of many chapters, and, and not always the first verse, sometimes later on, you'll see these call to worships, saying, okay, oh, come, Living Waters family, okay, come on, people, let's, let us worship, and there's this, this call, this, come on, everybody, get, a, get, get your attention on God, get focused, let's go, come on, and let's just read a few of those starting off. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that your word by your spirit, transforms us today. We don't want to stay the same. Lord God, we ask that, that our hearts are stirred that much more for you in worship today. Open our eyes to your word and our ears in Jesus' name. Psalm 95, the first few verses, says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully 
joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. So you, you get this feel, hey, oh, come. Look, stop what you're doing. Hey, it's time, it's time. Come on. Let us come before his presence. There's this call out. Say it's time and it's a gathering. Later in that same chapter, uh, verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And, it's, and it turns in, it's kind of joyfully at first, and then it goes into let's bow down and recognize him as Lord, our maker, and kneel before him. So it has kind of a different uh, a feel, a different, you know, posture there later on, just a few verses down. Let's go to another one, Psalm 34, verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. So this psalmist is, is saying, hey, join me. I don't want to do this by myself. This is something we're going to do together. God has designed corporate worship with a certain purpose, a certain uh, anointing and grace on it. And there's blessings on it. And it's different than personal worship. I'm not going to say which one is better than the other. I can't figure that out. It's all worship and it's important to him. But it's different. And there's different blessings that come from it. I um, um, grew up in a Christian home and went through the motions going to church on Sundays uh, as a kid. I prayed a prayer when I was very young, seven, uh, to receive Jesus into my heart, but I, I didn't grow in discipleship. It wasn't until I was a senior in high school in the April, so it was just the last couple months of my senior in high school, that I dedicated my heart and soul to Jesus Christ. Uh, weeks later, as I prayed about what college to go to, I felt like God led me to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I just loved the Bible studies, the worship at chapel, the other worship opportunities. And I, I just was, it was all new. I went street Winston on the weekends and downtown Tulsa. I mean, I just went all in. Oh, that's pretty cool. And... Um, and just did not hold back. My second year, uh, I was went through a process, was selected to be a chaplain on a hall of guys. There's 32 guys. So I'm a student chaplain. I'm the, the one uh, that leads a Bible study weekly that's there to pray with you or to, um, um, you know, counsel you the best I could as a, as a, as a young man with something and support you. And, and Boy, these chaplains, they love God. They were abandoned to God and then compassionate toward people. And we'd have our worship times together during the week. We'd have chapel with a, for the whole school, these great worship bands. And then there was a Sunday morning church there down the road. And then Sunday night on campus, another worship night. And then our own Bible study with some worship with a guy. I mean, I, would, I could have four, six, four, five, six worship opportunities in one week. And I'm loving every minute of it. It was that simplicity I was trying to share earlier that there's just, he loves me. He's done so much for me. I just want to say thank you. I love you back. And then as I'm worshiping him, he he gives me this sense of his love and closeness and his peace. And he's loving back on me. I said, this is great. I'm going to love you back. And then he loves me back. And he started it, right? He loves us first. 
And that's all really worse fits. It's just responding back to this initial love of him coming toward us. Uh, many years, uh, just, just a comment about after college, I came here in 1988 to be a youth pastor, and I fit right into the worship culture here. I mean, there are people passionate, love to express their love for God freely, and I just fit right in. I just loved it. We moved to uh, Pennsylvania, and I, uh, uh, we did um, house church ministry in a couple of neighborhoods, and, and we were there 13 years. In the last year and a half, we weren't doing it on Sunday morning anymore. We were just doing it during the week in inner city Philadelphia. And uh, so we were like, well, we need to, you know, join a, a church and have a place to go on Sunday morning. We visited, and Delisa, I remember at least eight, or was it ten? I know it was eight. It could, it, I have this ten in the back of my mind, like, you know, but we just visited and visited churches. We chose one that was 35 minutes away, Victory Church. It was a similar God church, and one of the main reasons because it was because of the worship. Now, they didn't have a long worship. It was only a few songs. And so you, we have four, four children and, and me and, and us trying to get there beforehand because this is, and, and there were times that, hey, I'm in this long lobby and I'm just walking fast and the kids can't keep up with me. I'm just, I'm bolting. I'm not saying hi to people even though I'm an extrovert. I'm not, I got to get in there because the first song has already started. They don't go very long and I need to get in there for the corporate worship. I don't want to miss it. And uh, then I'll do my fellowship after church, but I'm not going to miss it. And I would bolt through those lobbies. I wasn't rude. I probably might looked a little rude, but I wouldn't try to be rude. I just wanted to get in there because they hit it on the first song. They were worshiping. They were not going to wait around. And they and and I just have always loved corporate worship. So I want to say to us here, this is this is the. This is a DNA of Living Waters Church in its beginning. There was such a heart. Break me out of those 60-minute services and just only, we've got to get into more worship. We've got to have, uh, you know, more freedom with instrumentation. We've got, and, and the, that, that's what happened in the charismatic movement was this heart for worship. And that's when all the contemporary guitar players started doing worship and it just spread throughout the world. And so we want to say, Lord, refresh our hearts. Give us a new song to sing. And so I want to say the gathering place is a blessing. God, all the blessings it's given us over these last number of years. But I do not want it to be a distraction for our worship. Do you hear me? And, you know, again, fellowship is ordained of God. Conversations are ordained of God. And, 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 and they're good, but there's a timing for things. So I'm encouraging you, when you start seeing that, that 10.30 coming, you know, clock a ticking or the music going or whatever, you know, please feel free to look your friend in the eyes and say, hey, I don't want to miss the first song. Can we talk later after church? Can I call you later and and?" Can we do this? Because I don't want to miss the first song. You know, put it in your words or whatever. Now, if you're with a guest, they're new. They need their, you know, child check-in. They need to know they can get coffee. They can bring it in. They, 
They need to know where the restrooms are, and you're just being patient, showing hospitality. You take as long as they need to make them feel comfortable, right? Because we're serving them. And yet, at the same time, I want to say, call to worship, Living Waters family. Come on in, worship with me. God is wanting to speak to you. God is wanting to touch you as you give yourself to him and adore him. He wants to do, do a work here. Don't miss out on this. And, and, I, and even a good argument in this whole kind of conversation is, well, this person really needed some, you know, some support. They needed some emotional support. And, they really, and, and you, know, you know where they are at the time, but you know what they also need? They need Jesus that's in here starting to fill the praises of his people. You, you, you want them to say, hey, this is really important what you're sharing. I don't want you to miss what God is doing right now. Let's talk later today. Let me call your time. Get, get your number. And don't miss what God could actually be saying to you in worship this morning. You see what I'm saying? And you, you're pointing them to Jesus, and you're saying you're still available because that's also showing God's love. And you're, you're also uh, pointing them to where Jesus could actually speak to them and meet them at, the, at, their, at their need. I want to jump into Psalm 103. And I won't have time to go over all the verses, but I want to hit some important ones. I do have a couple of testimonies coming up here in just a minute. In, in not just a minute. It's going to be a little ways down, okay, not just a minute. But I just want to read Psalm 103 to you. I'm not going to have it up on the screens. Um, You might have your Bible open or whatever. That's fine. I'm going to be reading in the New King James Version. Psalm 103 is a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He may note his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And as for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels. You who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his host, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. I want to just start looking carefully at the last few verses, starting at verse 19. I'm going to read, read them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. What is going on in heaven, folks? A whole lot of worship. They can't help but worship. They see God without any filters, without any uh, cloudiness. They see him clearly. You can't help but worship God when you see him as he is. And the throne room is full of worship. It goes on, bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, who min- you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. His hosts and angels, they're both referenced to angels. Now, why would David be talking about angels? These angels are up in heaven. They're far away from him. He's down on earth in Jerusalem. Well, I believe because he believes that our guardian angels and other angels sent on assignment and out there doing ministers for God's will, that they join in on the worship in the tabernacle of David and the songs that he wrote and the music they put together that the angels gather around. They, they get into it and they enjoy it and they become part of it. I believe this kind of thing is real and I've heard um, uh, from s- several of you, some of you over the years, 41, his- 41 History of Living Waters, of the sense of angels being around and close. I was just talking to Dottie about this because I know she was one of them. She said, I, I sensed angels going down the aisles a number of you know, years ago, and there were warring angels during our worship. She also said this morning she felt this breeze behind her, like coming down off her head and down her neck, and as it's, it's saying the Holy Spirit is here, you know, over us, coming over us. So it's, it is a corporate gathering of us saints of us, those in the family of God together. But guess what? There's angels here and the Holy Spirit is here. They like worship. I believe God actually shows up like that. I'll give you another quick example. It was actually a funeral service. I was in Philadelphia and I had a neighbor friend who was a funeral director and he had at times a family, an individual that didn't have, you know, a, a, a pastor. So he'd call me and I would work up a funeral message and, and try to make a connection to the family and so forth. Well, this person had no one at the funeral. No one from the nursing home he came from. No one in his family was alive or available or unreachable. What, I don't know the story. He was, his body was all alone. And I had about a 15 or, or more minute, uh, you know, of, of a funeral message where I don't have a lot to talk about him. I didn't know much about him, but I'm going to always give the gospel at a funeral message. And the funeral directors just stood in the back and his assistant sat on the front row. And I thought, wow, that's good. That's better than nothing. And I'm like, well, I, I guess, I guess I'll just shorten this. You know, I mean, there's really nobody here. I'll just shorten this. And I don't know, maybe Lord, do you want me to shorten this? And I started and it felt like there's people in the room, that there's someone listening to what I was saying and getting into the gospel and the scriptures. 
I was like, I'm not going to shorten this. I prepared it. It's good. I'm feeling it right now. I believe those were angels who love his word and hearing the gospel and perhaps honoring this, this person who was all alone and yet created in God's image and had a life ordained on this earth. So I want to say to you, our gatherings here, it's not just a corporate gathering among us. We are joining the activities of the throne room, and we have angels with us. This is a larger corporate gathering than you can see with your eyes. There's more entities who are choosing to worship God than what our eyes can see. And who knows when it, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. Well, how many angels like to join those little groups, right? They think it's just two or three of them. There could be a legion of angels around them just joining in in worship and prayer. All right, let's go up to verse 1. We're not going to go over all the verses here, but I do want to hit on, uh, uh, on some of them. Verse 1 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What are you doing, David? It's like you're talking to yourself. It's okay to talk to yourself. I want to give you a, remind you of an example. The Ziklag story of David. Sean taught on it about where's your home, and David wasn't in his home. He was in a, <clears throat> down in enemy territory. He was given a little village. <clears throat> and he was out away from the village, he and his men... And while he was gone, enemies from the south came and just burnt down the city, captured all the wives and children and all their, their wealth and took it with them. They came back, all of his 600 men, they were sick and tired of him by this time. They, it says they planned to stone him. They were looking at stoning David. 600 versus one, he didn't have a chance. These were mighty warriors he trained. And at the worst possible moment, being all alone, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself. He started talking to himself, folks. He started talking to himself. My God is faithful. My God is, I'm king of kings. I give you everything. I will adore you right now, and I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to get down in the dumps. I'm going to look to you. And he turned around, and he got the Abathar, the priest, and said, let's pray to God. And and, and, and what does God say? Go pursue him, and I will give you victory, and I will give, restore everything. Sure, no one had died. None of the women and children died. They restored everything. So, yeah, it's okay to talk to yourself. Stephen, you're just so tired today. My goodness, you're, man, it was a hard week. You're kind of drained. I think I just, I won't even, I'm not going to go to church. You're paid to go to church. You got to go to church, Stephen. <clears throat> it's okay to talk to yourself, to choose that you have a will, you have a mind, you have emotions. The Spirit of God lives in your heart. Your spirit man, let your spirit man decide what you do next and say, I choose what the spirit man, the spirit man wants me to worship now and participate and not and and so you don't let your emotions rule your every moment and your every day your every decisions 
They're up and down. They're all around. I'm not saying deny them. I'm not saying that they're not important, valuable. Listen, go to counseling. Counselors are great. I do counseling. I need counseling. So, hey, you know, I'm not putting that down at all. But we want to be led by the Spirit. And that's when we often choose and say, listen, body, listen, mind. So I choose to pursue God in worship right now. And I'm going to ask God to help me do this. Let's go on to verse 2. Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So what we're going to do in communion this morning ties to this verse. Because Jesus said, uh, do this, do this, this bread and wine, do this in remembrance of me. That's what he said. And that's what David is saying. Forget not, do not forget, remember all of his benefits. And then he starts listing them. And he like, he goes and goes and goes. Verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities. Praise God, he forgives all our iniquities. His blood forgives all our iniquities. When we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's a promise from him to us. Verse 3 goes on and says, Who heals all your diseases. Praise God, he heals all our diseases. Well, Stephen, you know, this person who was a Christian ended up dying. This person didn't get well over here. And, and there's, there's truth to that, and we have to wrestle with that. He heals all diseases. He creates our bodies that they do heal. You cut yourself, it heals. That's amazing. God gives gifts and knowledge to doctors and nurses and, and medical technicians and all this, and they work together what God's done in the body, and, they, and there's a healing process that can happen. God can heal us instantly by His Spirit, boom, and we can, what happened? I'm healed. I don't feel the pain anymore. Or sometimes it could be like my father. Four years ago, He was diagnosed with liver cancer and died 14 days later. Of course, we were praying for a miracle, and there was even a night in the hospital that his elders from his local church came and anointed him and prayed. I said, Lord, this is it. This is it. Woo! His elders are are obeying your word. He lived a few days later and went on where? To heaven where he's alive and well, and he doesn't have liver cancer, folks. And he doesn't have that back that bothers him. He doesn't have that knee that bothers him. He doesn't have that, those headaches that bother him. Listen, he is healed in heaven, and he's still alive more than ever. That's right. That's right, Hugh. Woo! Let's go on to the next verse, verse 4. These are reasons why we bless the Lord. We say thank you. We say we honor you. Verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction. Some of your verses say from the pit. And it feels that way sometimes. I'm in a pit. It's dark. I can't get out. I'm trapped. What do I do? Listen, God redeems us from the pit. Hallelujah. We have so many reasons to worship God who crowns you 
with loving kindness and tender mercies. There's a favorite verse of mine where I get to mention the beauty of the Lord. It's Isaiah 28, 5. It says, in that day, the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. And a diadem is like is a wreath. So it's like this crown, this circular crown, this halo, this, this, this diadem of beauty. And it's glorious. It's beautiful. Well, guess what? He gives us some of that. The beauty of the Lord's given to us, he says in verse 4, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And that's beautiful to everybody. Believer, non-believer alike, they see this loving kindness. They see, well, that's so beautiful. Verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things. That sounds like some good food is what that sounds like. All right. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. An eagle is mighty. They have claws that are so strong. They have beaks that are powerful. They have these massive wings that they can flap. But you know what? A being that strong and mighty still knows it must depend on someone else, something else to really to be all it's destined to be. And an eagle will just take the wind and effortlessly and with its abilities and gifts just lock in and soar and soar and soar effortlessly, hardly expending any energy, just relaxed as it can be. That's what this image is for us, that we lean and trust in on God and he can take us places and do things in us that we cannot do on our own strength. That even if we are strong, there's a, they, there's a place of rest in God's beauty in his soaring and filling our the des, destiny with him. Last verse here before we do a little transition. Verse 6, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He sees the injustices. He knows when we have that entrapped feeling and he comes in and he wants to deliver us. I just want you to see these action verbs listed here in these few verses. And it says, the instruction is, do not forget. Do not forget. Remember that he forgives our iniquities. Number two, that he heals our diseases. Number three, that he redeems our lives from the pit. Number four, that he crowns us with loving kindness. Number five, he satisfies our mouth. Number six, he renews, uh, he renews our, our heart like the eagles and, and our youth like the eagles. And number seven, he executes justice and truth to protect us. These are action verbs. He intervenes in our lives. He pursues us. He gets into the middle of the mess and He is not far. He is close. And what's worship? It's just responding back. I'm so grateful, God. I love you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. I just want to say it. I want to sing it. I want to clap it. I want to shout it. God, I'm so grateful. I've asked a couple of people to come up and share a little bit of their own story about corporate worship. So, Philip, you're first, and then Andrew will be next. I'm going to take this, if you don't mind. 
1989, I was the band director and orchestra director of Graceland Baptist Church, Graceland Christian School. And I had a mediocre band there. Uh, uh, it was a bunch of kids, that, they were trying hard, but couldn't get a whole lot out of them. I took, uh, in August of that summer, I took about 12 or 15 of the top kids to the University of Indiana in Bloomington to a drum and bugle corps uh, contest. Now, if you've never been to one of those, you have no idea kind of what I'm talking about, but I'm going to try to explain it. The star of Indiana is the drum and bugle corps that is kind of represents the state of Indiana around the country in these drum and bugle corps competitions. And so they're the host uh, band. They line up on the far sideline and in all their regalia, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And they come out onto midfield, uh, shoulder to shoulder, click, 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 just a snare drum, click, 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 they stop. Drum major gives them a signal. Everybody pops the horn up perfectly in unison and aims away from the stands. The stands are here. They aim what we call obliquely away. They began to play this gorgeous fanfare. Beautiful, beautiful. At some point in the climax of that fanfare, holding a big high note and it was powerful, they turned the horns into the stands. And what happened in that minute, we couldn't control ourselves. Every one of my kids, there was hundreds of people in that big football stadium. Everybody stood to their feet. They shouted. They hollered. They clapped their hands. They jumped up and down. They could not control it because it was so marvelous. It was like glory came down on us in that moment when that band, 120 brass players, not a flute player, not a clarinet player, and a whole bunch, no saxophone, trumpets, French horns, uh, euphoniums, Trombones, tubas, 120 brass blowing their brains out to impress those stands, and they did. The power and the authority, and I'm going to say the persuasiveness that that band had on us, they owned the field at that point. They owned the stadium. They owned us because they had power, and they persuaded us just by what they did to react. Now hold that thought. Or let me say this. My students that I brought, they were already kind of committed to the band. In that singular moment, they were passionately committed to the band. That next year, we went to a contest. It was for concert band. They had never gotten more than a three. That's like a C. They got a superior. Because the work effort and the passion for it changed, and they spread it to the other kids. Now, hold that thought. This week, I saw on Instagram a video by Robert Stearns. He's talking about Rosh Hashanah and the Feast of Trumpets in the beginning of the new year, and he's saying, here's what the Hebrew word is for Feast of Trumpets. He said, it should be better translated, the Feast of the Shout. Folks, you and I are called to give a shout, to trumpet our praise into the grandstands of God's throne and let him react to that praise.
Let him come off of his seat. Let him stand up and say, that's my kids back down there. I love them. They're praising me. Does he need that worship? No, he doesn't. You need to give it. And he wants to receive it from us. Don't let your trumpet be silent. Stand up and project your praise, your worship, your love, your adoration to the king of all kings. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Andrea Lane, our new student ministry intern. Let's give her a big hand. She's doing a great job. Love her heart for the Lord. Go ahead. Um, So a lot of my testimony and experience with corporate worship is honestly just the things that I've learned in the process of it, like learning obedience to raise my hands maybe when no one else was or to kneel because I felt like I was supposed to, even though no one else was, or something like that. And it was just kind of setting aside those fears Mm -hmm. of what other people would think. And then there were also moments of obedience of doing it despite what I think and what I feel. Um, Maybe kind of my own preferences of styles of music and maybe preferences of how the lights are and what song we choose and who's singing, just setting aside my own preferences or my own needs for that day and, and kind of setting those things aside in order to be obedient to, to give him the praise that he deserves because I knew that that's what he is worthy of. My feelings, you know, they didn't matter as much in that moment. And yet at the same time, one of my favorite moments is how I could say if we're singing about how God is faithful, there have been moments where I would say, God, I know that's probably in your word somewhere, but like, I don't know you as faithful. And I want to be able to sing honestly. I want to be able to say it and know it. And so I would ask him to teach me just because the song said it and I didn't really know it. And, and he says that love must be sincere. And he said that he's looking for worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I felt like I wasn't worshiping in truth because I didn't know the truth of who he was in order to give him that kind of praise. And so there were so many moments of just inviting him in to teach me or to, you know, it, it, everything that we give is, is from him anyways. Like, you know, we receive that love and then we're able to give it. And so I would say, Holy Spirit, give me songs to give you right now. I feel like I'm weak. I feel like I don't have anything to give you. I feel like I don't have a heart that is just full of joy or full of passion for you right now. And so I would just give him my weakness in order for him to lift me up and then I could lift my praises to him. And um, so I love that we're able to ask for help giving him what he deserves. I love that we're able to ask him to teach us who he is so we can sing it honestly because we don't know it yet. And it's in those moments, too, where I would, I would have a greater understanding just in the middle of, you know, asking for help or in the middle of praising or in the middle of what, then this transformation happens, you know, when, when his help does come, when his Holy Spirit is teaching us and, and when we are giving him that obedience or even that weakness, that honesty of this is how I feel today, but I want to give this to you. I don't have it to give. Then it would just be like he came and rested or he came and touched my mind or touched my heart and things began to fall off that were making me heavy to begin with. Or, you know, I 
was reading a word before and then I would come into worship and then all of a sudden that's exactly the song and I knew what it meant now. Have you ever sung a song and then like read the passage and then you're singing the song again you're like, that's what that means? Like that's what that's from? And I was experiencing that because I would read a passage having no idea, you know, that people wrote songs about it for worship. But people had gone to his word and they had learned who he was and they had been transformed by it and they had made a song of praise to give to him. And then I would just come into church or I would come into whatever the setting was, chapel, and sing the same song that I had heard a million times, but all of a sudden the word comes alive. And I'm aware in this corporate setting, everyone else is around. You know, maybe they already have that revelation, but it was just this revelation and understanding of oh my gosh, that's your word. We're singing your word. This is truth. This is, this is who you are. This is things that you've done. And, and if it's true for them, then that means it's true for me. You are faithful. You are good. You are someone who makes a way or who heals people, or who teaches us or who is kind and who is patient. And so I just, I love that. I just love that he's so, so gracious to help us with those things that he asks us to do. He doesn't ask us to do it out of our own strength because that's not very much anyways. But his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And when he asks us to give him praise or to give him worship or to give him so, you know, songs or our hands raised, claps, whatever he leads us to do, whatever his word says, I, I just love that he helps us with it. And he understands us. And, and, and know it like he was saying earlier, you know, we would receive it and then we would give it. We would receive it and we would give it. And, and I love it. It just, it comes from him. It's as I'm learning who he is and then he's loving me in the process. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so good. And so it's just this really beautiful thing. And worship is amazing and I love it. And I find so much freedom and growth there just because he meets us there. We, we just invite him into it. I, you know, and so that's my testimony is that I asked for a lot of help and he just showed me a lot of who he was and showed me how much he knows me and loves me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. I love it. And so anyways, that's my testimony. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Feel free to turn that off. I'm going to ask the praise team to go ahead and come up. We're going to get ready for communion. If you did not get a communion elements there in the back table, if you're online and need to go get you some crackers or something great, I'm just going to go over a couple of verses here, and this globe is going to help me um, describe what's happening here. Verses 8, 9, and 10 of Psalm 103. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump down another spot. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 103, verse 12, 11 and 12. It gives us a couple of images. For as the heavens, verse 11 for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So you can imagine yourself looking at a, a big blue Kentucky sky. It's a beautiful day. And, and you're trying to see an end and you can't, you can't see an end. If there's a cloud, you see the cloud, okay? And then there's blue beyond that. And it's like this endless mercy. That God wants us to have this image of this. 
And then he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. So a globe will help helped me as I was an adult. I wasn't a, a kid when I realized what this verse is trying to, to say. But there's a difference between north and south and east and west on how it works on a globe. So let me go to Kentucky, right in here. And I'm going to guess that we're about uh, 7,000 miles from the North Pole. So if you're going to travel north, you go, it's going to take a long time. <laughs> and you get up to the North Pole. If you keep walking straight, you're going to start, you start going south. So you only went north about 7,000 miles. And then you're going to start going south. And the circumference around the earth is is right right close to 25 is 24,901 miles and that's at the equator the equator bulges out about 27 uh, miles diameter more because of its rotation little trivia there huh I am smart after all and so if you start heading south you're going to go about 25,000 miles but then you hit the South Pole and you keep walking straight, you're going to start going north. So there's a limit to how far you can go north. It's 25,000 miles. It's the farthest you can go north. But east and west are very different. So you get on the equator. You say, I'm going to start walking east. You can just walk east. You can just keep walking east. You can just keep walking east over and over again countless times. East never stops. It's not like north and south. It has a limit to it. It's a long way, 25,000 miles. But east and west. You go west, you just, keep walk- you just keep walking west. You can walk your whole life west and never stop. And that's how far the distance he sends your sins. He, he forgives you. His, the blood of Christ was so powerful and effective so good that it washes our sins as far as it can go you just keep going you can't it doesn't stop how far away it is it's an endless amount of distance away you, you can't go back and get it it's so far away and that's what we're remembering today as we take communion and that's part of worship is to remember his benefits His mercy, His grace. I'm going to read the communion passage out of 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23. Then I'm going to let you just be alone with God. Of course, if you're husband or wife or family, you want to pray together during communion, it's fine. You'll you'll peel off the, the cracker first and Take that and on your own time and space and then open the other side and and, and drink that. Go ahead and, and give us some lower lights here to help us with privacy. Verse 11, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Lord, thank you for your blessing on these elements, for us to remember the power of your blood to wash us, the power of your resurrection to save us, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of all of our all of our unrighteousness. You are faithful to us. We remember this day the many benefits and blessings that you've given us.
That's right. We join with the angels. The angels here and the angels in the throne room saying, Holy, holy are you, God. Lord Jesus, you're pure, you're perfect. Father, we're so grateful. Thank you for your love, your Father's love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your blood was enough to send our iniquities to the farthest east as it could go, just on and on to infinity. And the farthest west, on and on to infinity. Lord, we ask for a blessing this week of worship in our hearts. That songs will come back to our minds. That we will whistle a little more. We will hum a little more. We will sing a little more. We will remember you and say thanks over and over again more this week that our heart is full of thanksgiving to love you back thank you for your blessing to protect us blessing to provide for us your blessings of grace being more than enough thank you we can rest and you depend on you and the wind of your spirit to renew us and our strength as eagles. Amen. Feel free as they will play a little bit longer or you can fellowship there in the gathering place. Have a great week. So glad to worship with you.